You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hour number three, live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. It's The Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. No Matty Rose, he's on vacay. Eric Francis in at the bottom of the hour. We're playing Stump the Franchise for your chance to win a pair of tickets to the Badlands Music Festival for tonight and tomorrow. This is how it works. Text us in at 960-960, name and location. If you stump Eric Francis on a Flames trivia question, he's been covering the team forever, you'll be thrown into the draw to win the tickets. It's that simple. It's very easy. Name and location. Give us the question and the answer. Our crack fact-checking team here, better than Elias Sports Bureau and Sportsnet Stats put together, we will double-check it, and we'll ask Eric Francis the questions at 830. They came over from Atlanta. So don't ask that's, that one. That's I got that one nailed. Listen, I think Atlanta will work for the third time, Eric, if they go back. Oh, boy. No, <laughs> They're I... talking about it. They're talking about Who's it. Who's they? The media is talking about it. All right. It. Well, it's what we do. That's we talk nonsense we sometimes. Okay, if you're commissioner. Okay, we got to get to Ryan. Yeah, we got to well, get to wait, Ryan. Well, if you're commissioner, where's the next stop? Where's the next expansion It's got to be Houston. Yeah. The huge so. market. I agree. Yeah. Little little travel. Uh, at least the stars get a little break on their travel. It won't be Quebec. I can tell you that. Okay, Quebec City. Uh, Ryan Huska is the head coach of the Calgary Flames, and he joins us here on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Uh, Ryan, I don't want to put you on the spot because clearly Calgary's the answer. But outside of Calgary, what's your favorite city to visit on the road? Oh boy, that's a good question. There's a lot of great spots. I would have to say it's. Um, I love when we go to play in Madison Square Garden. There's something about that arena that's just amazing for me. And I love when we get there a day before because I just walk. I walk around Manhattan and I have a blast just people watching and taking everything in. Uh, What was your experience at Mullet Arena this past season, Ryan? Mullet Arena um, actually was was a pretty good experience and, and two reasons for it. It reminded me of junior hockey a little bit, and I don't know if that's a negative thing to say. Um, <laughs> but number two, um, we had so many Flames fans down there that it almost overtook the arena. It was awesome, and it felt like we had a home game there. So it was pretty cool for us to be there. I, I told everyone, you know, as, as embarrassing as it is for the league, uh, that there's a road trip. I mean, obviously yeah, yeah. any trip down to Phoenix or Tempe is amazing, uh, in the winter, but you're you're 12 rows away from the action, and I I took a photo there. It's the only time I've ever in NHL history this has never happened before. I guarantee it. In your dressing room, which you have to go outside to get into, which yep. is amazing. Players on their skates going outside for a brief second <laughs> into the room. I took a photo of you can see a palm tree out of a window. The aid, no, no, no dressing rooms have windows except for that one. Right. And if they do, they definitely don't have palm trees outside of it. So very unique experience there. But yeah, and even even for the players, they loved it before the game because normally you're warming up in a you know a small kind of dungeon room or in the hallway of an arena. They're outside in the fresh air and the sunshine. <laughs> so you talk to some of the older players, even when we practice or pregame skate, it's the best they ever feel because the sun it warms them up and helps them to get going. It was it was great. We actually really enjoyed it. Speaking of enjoyed it, I I'm assuming the answer is pretty straightforward. But you rode in the. Calgary Stampede Parade, and I've, I I got had the pleasure of doing that five or six years. I was in the parade, and it might sound like a little thing, but when you're in the middle of it and there are, what, 200,000 people waving and smiling, I, I'll put it as a, one of the highlights of my life. I just thought it was that spine-tingling. 
I'm assuming you had a similar situation. Yeah, I did. Absolutely. And you know, this is, uh, I've been here now for a number of years and I always would see the pictures from the, the flame social media of the guys that were riding in it. And I was like, geez, I'd like to get invited to get into that. one time." <laughs> <laughs> so it was really cool for me. I mean, I was, I'm a Western guy, so we know all about the stampede. Um, and it's, it's the parade is something that I know it's the kind of the official kickoff of it, but everybody knows about it. It's cool. And when you do finally come down the street and you see all the people along the sidewalks, what a, what a neat experience, you know, and it's, it's something that I found really cool. And I was very proud to be a part of it this year. That's good. I was, I was happy to see you on there because I know how much it means to anybody who's ever been in that parade. And it, it just, it, it's great. Now, last time I sat down with you, you were kind enough to have me over to your house and, your two daughters made a fantastic appy platter. It was just so adorable, and it was great to talk to them. And and you told me a story. I asked you about being recognized because I, I think it's pretty obvious that in our sport, assistant coaches don't generally get in front of a microphone much or, or much attention. You said the only time you've ever been recognized in Calgary was in a co-op from a guy who you used to play Little League baseball against out in B.C., has that changed since you've been named head coach? <laughs> it has a little bit. I will say that. <laughs> yeah. So you were you were close on that comment earlier, but I would have to say, and and not to be um, unexpected, I guess I would say the people are really good, and that's one thing that is 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 really neat for me. That when I do get noticed now that I'm I'm out and about, people have been awesome, and that's something that I makes me pretty excited about. Ryan Huska is the head coach of the Calgary Flames, joining us here on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Big Show, Rustic and Rose with Eric Francis, Sports at 960, the fan. Uh, Ryan, how much have you been counting down the days till the start of training camp? Yeah, I'm, I find myself every day um, looking for more and more things to do. I just want to make sure that I'm set and we're all prepared with what our responsibilities are. So right now it's it's getting ready for our coaches' meetings. So we've all got our tasks and um, we're getting ourselves organized for when we get together for really for the first time as an entire group. Um, so that's really what we're, we're focused on. But absolutely, it's it, when you get into this portion, I, I feel like July still is at times a little bit slower. But once you get to August, it really takes off. So I'm almost waiting for the calendar to hit August because I know it's going to come a lot quicker once we get there. What, what does keep you busy? Like you, you just mentioned a few things, but, you know, on a daily basis, you- your original task was obviously to get in touch with everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, where are you at now in terms of your, your to-do list? Yeah, I continue to do that. That's one thing that I try to do on a regular basis. And it's phone calls, it's text with guys. Um, it's staying in touch with the other coaches that we, we have now in place. Um, and then it's getting, you're starting to get organized with the schedule and, and our travel and potential days off for the players. That's one part of it that, um, I, I almost I didn't forget about, but there's a lot that goes into it when you're trying to plan a season. Um, you don't just plan it a week in advance. You look at your whole calendar as to how your games fit, how your travel is, um, what you could potentially do with the players when you're on the road. That's the time of the year when you do a lot of your organizing and planning, and then you make adjustments as you get closer to it. So I, I've tried to make it so I'm getting into the office uh, almost every day, and I, I spend my mornings there, and I, I get my work done that I have on my, my day timer or scheduler for that day, and then I get to enjoy the afternoon with my family. So when you're calling guys and touching base with guys, I mean, it's the obvious question, you know, how regularly have you been touching base with Elias Lindholm and Michael Backlund, who, you know, by all accounts are still on the fence in terms of what may or may not happen with their careers moving forward? 
Yeah, um, I I've been in regular contact with them, and and you get to the point where you don't want to make it too yeah. much. But I yeah. I always want them to know that if there's anything that they have for me, that I want to make sure they realize that I'm I'm there for them to help with any decision that may have. But um, in regards to all that, as to where if guys are on the fence, like. I'm not looking at it that way. Um, I'm looking at it as these are the guys that we have, and if anything happens to shake out along the way, then that's the business. Um, but I'm treating them as if they're all back, and I think that's the way our staff's going to approach this as well. Uh, Ryan, uh, what did you see out of the development camp that made you excited? You know, there's, well, not just the development camp, but even the draft. I was at the draft, and you watch the, the players. My gosh, are they all big. The kids that are... <laughs> are being drafted now. I, I just find that they're, they're so much bigger. And then when you get to watch some of them skate and move in development camp, that's another thing that kind of blows me away because it used to be, if you were a bigger, taller, heavier set guy, your skating was often awkward and was typically a knock on you that he's not a great skater, but he's big and he can get to the net and he's strong and he's heavy. Now you don't notice that anymore. It's rare when you see a guy that can't skate. So it's just the way the young player has progressed, um, their skill set, their skating ability, um, and when you factor in the size, man, this game is going to be a good game for many years to come. Anybody in particular, like, you know, we always want you to name a guy like Sam Honzek, you know, blow you away. He'll definitely make the team this year. Come on, give us some predictions. (laughs) (laughs) I I was impressed with him. I will say that. Um, Like I all the players that come there, they're good hockey players, but you do notice. I mean, there's a reason why he was taken where he was. He's a big guy that skates well. Um, he's got really good hands for him. And then when you watch him in some of the drills, and development camp's not really much more than, um, you know, them getting a chance to, to see our organization uh, work on a little bit of skill development on the ice. But w- when they were in situations where they had to puck protect, um, he does such a good job at that. It's something that, I was very impressed with him, something that I noticed right away. But you most, most definitely do like the size that he has. You do like his skating ability that comes along with it. And you really do project down the road, like, uh, where does this guy fit in? And who knows? That may be this year. I mean, you never know. Uh, we're going to give all these guys an opportunity to make some noise in camp. And if, if they continue to impress and do a good job, they're going to earn more opportunities to stay around. So we'll see how it goes for someone like him and the rest of the guys. Uh, Ryan, we know goaltending is always so key in the National Hockey League. Are these is this champagne problems for you when you have three capable guys heading into camp? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I've had some great conversations with uh, our two guys in particular, and I don't want to make that on any sort of slight on on Wolfie at all um, because he he is in the mix for pushing jobs. But um, I've had some really good conversations with Marky in particular, and I love the fact that he's. He's edgy right now. He's got a bit of a chip on his shoulder, which which I love. But it is a very nice thing to have, that you do have trust and belief in two guys. And I think it's rare in an organization where you throw the third guy in that mix as well. So I look at it as a good problem to have. We have guys that three guys that are going to want games in the NHL. I think that's going to create some really good competition for us. And, you know, it's a much better situation than if you're scrambling, like, Jesus, we got to find a guy that we can fill in that position or we need a backup or, well, we don't need that. So we have confidence in our guys that we do have, and it makes it exciting for us because it takes a little bit of the, um, I don't want to say stress or pressure off, but we're going to work on um, improving, changing our play in our own zone a little bit. And sometimes when you're learning some new things, hey, you're going to give up some chances along the way. And it's nice to know that we have guys in there that are going to, cover our rear ends from time to time.
the list of guys who could potentially break through and start the season or or be you know tops on the call up list. You know, I I think people are excited about the youngsters in general in the organization. But give us give us a list of five guys say that very very easily could be in the opening night lineup. Well, that's a tough one putting me on the spot. <laughs> I know, I know, because I don't know if I guys like I consider Pelche and Walker Dewar. I don't, I don't know if I would consider them like young guys on the list. My expectation is guys like that. They're are, on the team. They're not just going to push for jobs. I want them yeah. to be making people take notice that yeah, I'm not just here to be an in and out guy. So I guess that's where I'm coming from with that. So. Um, I, I think we do have some really good prospects in this organization, and that's one of the things, as Connie mentioned earlier, um, these guys are going to be given an opportunity. So the onus now falls on them to make sure that this is the best summer that they've ever had in regards to their conditioning and workout programs. They have to come in in the best condition possible to make sure they leave a good impression. Um, and really, at the end of the day, it's the mentality of, I'm not just coming in to be a... Um, a guy that might be a 13th forward or a 7th or 8th defenseman. That's not what it's about for me. I want them to come in and say, yeah, I'm sorry, but you're no longer having a job on this team. That's what I'm looking for for Mm -hmm. these young guys. And we have a number of guys that are in that situation. Whether they can do it or not, that's going to be up to them, and we'll see how it goes. Uh, Ryan, Ryan, what's the difference between being a fast team and playing fast in the NHL? A lot of it is mentality, George. Um, you know, as I mentioned earlier, a lot of the players nowadays, they can all skate. And yes, there's some guys like a Dylan Dubé that skate better than other players still. I mean, you're still going to see that separation. But when you get guys that think it a little differently, it allows them to get a step on their opponent. And sometimes that's all you need. So when you talk about being a fast team, I think a lot of it is mentality. Where's the puck going next? Is there looking like there's going to be a change of possession? If there is, well, I'm going to get myself going right away, and then the puck needs to move right away. So that's really, in my opinion, what it kind of comes down to. A lot of it is talked about foot speed and, and the ability of certain players, but a bigger part of it for me is mentality. Ryan, the organization's made it pretty clear that there will be a captain named uh, this year for the team, and I'd, I'd imagine that would happen fairly quickly, either in camp or to start the season. Do you have that person, his name in mind, or is that still up for debate? I, I'm not asking you to reveal it because yep. I have pretty strong opinions on who it's going to be and who it should be, uh, but, but I don't want to taint it. But, you know, wh- where are you at with that? Um, I, we have a, a pretty good idea of, of people that are in our leadership group. Um, that's something that's fairly obvious and should be to um, a lot of different people around. But you're also going to see some um, some people uh, maybe that um, others wouldn't have considered to be a leader that we're going to include in our leadership group um, because they do bring a lot of good things that we see behind closed doors. Um, so I, I do have a pretty good idea of, of the players that I think can fit into that category. Um, and then as we said earlier, Eric, it's about sitting with Connie and it's about sitting with the rest of the coaches and that player um, to make sure they're comfortable in the position um, that we're going to ask them to be in. And would you do it during camp? Would you do it, you know, the week before camp, the, the season starts? What's your timeline? Yeah, I don't think it necessarily has to be done before or during camp. Um, like I said, it's, it's, it's one thing to get all these guys back, and then you really have to get together with them a lot to make sure that um, the person that we're thinking about um, has the same feelings and the same mindset that we do in, in regards to him yeah. having the ability to do the job. Fair enough.
Um, Ryan, how tough is it uh, going to be for Oliver Shillington to jump back into the NHL game after being off for the entire year last year? You played professional hockey at a very high level. Have, have you had a chance to speak to him about what he needs to do to kind of jump back into the NHL game? You know, we haven't, I, I have spoken with him, haven't touched on um, what he's going to need to do. I mean, we touch on his conditioning all the time, but that's something that has never been an issue for Oliver. Um, maybe because he is a natural skater. So that's something that really kind of comes easy to him. But there are going to be some challenges early on. I mean, it, it'd be naive of us to think he's going to step right into the lineup and um, pick up right where he left off. I mean, that's that's not going to happen. But that's a little bit where camp is going to be used for, um, for him. I anticipate him playing uh, probably more exhibition games than he normally would in a regular um, situation. Um, but we're going to have to be okay with a, a few warts along the way with him while he gets his timing back. That to me is the biggest thing. It's not about the skating. It's about getting back into that game um, routine or game repetitions where he has to make plays under pressure again. So it's one thing to work on your skills. It's one thing to work on your conditioning, but now when you're playing against other people that are, are bigger, faster, stronger guys, it changes things significantly. So there's going to be some challenges for sure but I know the way Oliver is, he's going to dig in. He's going to really make sure that that phase of his return doesn't last very long. You alluded to uh, earlier, you know, you never thought about, you ultimately know that as a head coach, there are different things you're going to be asked to do that you, you, you might not even thought of like in the NHL days off, or, you know, are you guys going to go curling in some city? Or are you going to go yeah. paintballing or team building exercises? All these sort of things are now, you know, they're, they're group decisions, but you as the head coach would have huge input on it. Is there something or several things that have been put in front of you like, hey, would you like to redecorate the dressing room? Or, would, you know, what are some of the things that are, huh, you never really thought of, but now you have to make the decision on those sort of things? Yeah, we're uh, we're well into all that stuff, so we have had some discussions on all that, absolutely. And and I think before this all starts, even Eric, you you have some ideas as to yeah, you know what, I like the way this looks in our room, or I I don't like this. Um, so you already have a little bit of an idea made up as to where you'd want to go, and then you work with the people within our our dressing room. Like we have, as I mentioned earlier, we have a lot of great people um, with a lot of great ideas. So I do a lot of listening and. Um, taking in suggestions, um, and we're we're going to look to make a few. Hey, I mean, we can't we can't change our dressing room significantly. Anything along those lines. No. But there's always cosmetic things that you can do to make it fresh. So when the players come in, they're like, "Yeah, this is a new. This is new. This is fresh. This is what we're looking for." So we're looking to give them a little bit of that when they come in for sure. One of the changes you guys had in the room last year was. Uh, there are, there are now photos of every player above their stall, and I would imagine that was a major headache for Depot and the boys in the dressing room because every day sometimes you'd move guys around in the room. They'd have to climb up there on a ladder and change the photo. Then you'd acquire guys in trade, or they'd be call ups, and you don't actually have a, a picture of them, so you'd have to doctor one up. Is that still going to be there? Because that that makes me giggle that those guys have to do extra work. Well, I'll tell you a quick story on it. And I think it's really cool that they are there. Yeah. Um, and you know what that was? It was an original six thing. Um, oh. And a lot of those original teams, that's how they did it. And, and that's why it was brought in last year. But I think um, for our group, there might be a change in that regard where those photos might get moved somewhere else. So I can leave you at that. Okay. Um, <laughs> how will I recognize um, the players then? <laughs> well, I'm I would kidding. like to say with the amount you're around the team, you'll probably have a pretty good handle <laughs> okay. on who you're talking to. <laughs> okay, good, good. 
I love it. Okay, so the, yeah, the, I mean, those are little things that, of course, most people don't see, but that's now on you to help decide these sort of things, and that's got to be really fun. So, you know, as you change the culture, you change little things around the edges. Yeah, you do, and that's part of it, and that's what uh, working with a great staff allows you to feel comfortable that what your decisions that you want to break forward, um, hey, you don't always have the right answer, so I might throw something out there and and – um, depot or equipment manager, manager might say, yeah, no, that doesn't make any sense, and here's why. So it's important to have that relationship with all people because uh, someone like Sean O'Brien has been around forever, and I feel like he's the best in the league at what he does. He's got some unbelievable ideas. You just have to tap into those from time to time. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, before I let you go, I have an idea, and it's kind of piggybacking on Eric's question about the captaincy. How about this? And again, take this yeah. with a grain of salt because it's from a Dumbo radio guy like myself. You guys keep the captaincy quiet until the home opener on October 11th, and then, boom, you announce them on the ice as the captain. Your thoughts? You know, I like it. I actually like it. Um, so it's not such a dumb comment from a radio guy. I don't okay. mind that. Um, but, you know, You've had dumber, it's so George. hard to keep things quiet nowadays. I don't know how, but you guys always know what's happening before even people on the inside know. It's amazing to me how quickly that happens. So um, you guys will probably know what we're going to do before we do. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I, George, I thought you were going to say, leave it up to us and we'll have a poll no, at 960, no. 960. Text your captain yeah. vote in and we'll reveal it on the radio station. How about that idea? But, but again, October yeah. 11th against the Jets. Season not kicks off. Home opener, everything. Boom, you name the captain that's right That's traditionally there. when teams yeah. do it, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, but like keep it under wraps. You got to like Eric's got to sign like a co- confidentiality agreement or something <laughs> like he's Drake or something. I think that's something we could do. Right. Uh, you probably could for sure. All I right. like it. Okay, like uh, he's the head coach of the Calgary Flames, uh, Ryan Huska. Ryan, uh, we look forward uh, to preseason, the regular season. Best of luck, and thanks for taking time today. Thank you guys for having me this morning. Thanks, Ryan. There he is on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. 15-time Consumer's Choice Award winner at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast for pickup or delivery. Call 403-248-3344. Just all the pomp and circumstance, and now you're captain of the Calgary Flames. Boom, and you announce the name. Who's going to be? Rasmus Anderson. Yes, it will be. Oh, you're that confident? Oh, yeah. Should be. Should be. Now. If Michael Backlund stays, it's going to yeah. be Michael Backlund, right? It could be, right? For sure. And that's why, obviously, you don't announce anything now. You don't announce anything even in camp. You yeah. see how camp goes. Because I wouldn't have said Rasmus Anderson a year ago. Mm-hmm. But the way he conducted himself this year in some really tricky times, yeah. he came out after every single loss in the last month. Nobody else can say that. And, and that's not a commentary on anybody else. Those guys are amazing at when we make a request, 98% of the time those guys show up mm-hmm. and, and good on them. And the PR staff has a lot to do with that. But Rasmus Anderson almost voluntarily said, no, I'm coming out and I'm going to give a, a detailed explanation. And, and he used to keep his answers quite short with us. Or, or not short, but he, he refused to be kind of insightful. Right. And now I think he's giving us very from the heart responses to some tricky questions. Rasmus Anderson's the captain of this team uh, in my mind. Doesn't it feel like in general in the NHL, players are opening up a lot more than they used to? I wouldn't say that. Mm, really? No, and it's, this is a discussion we could get into some other day, but you know, like I, I always laugh that they have media training for all these players constantly. And they get former media guys. Like I think Jamie McLennan does it for the Flames. And they, but but I'm always shocked they don't ask us for our input. Like 
why don't we have a conversation with the players to talk a little bit about what we're looking for every day yeah, and what, what our needs are right. and what our thoughts are because we know the, the business better than anybody else. With all due respect to Jamie McClellan and all these other guys who do these things, yep. they're not in dressing rooms every single day like we are, and we're not the one. Anyway, I think that I would be – I don't know if they're getting the right advice because I think in a lot of cases around the league, I think players are told to say nothing. Guys, don't offer up anything to the media. You think on the island that happens with Lou Lamorello? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Lou would be it. Yeah, yeah. You never. Nothing interesting has ever happened uh, on a Lou Lamarillo team because he won't allow it to be. Yeah. And and under Daryl Sutter, he, he guys were scared. I mean, we got a great. The, the Flames have a great room. There's a lot of really good guys in there who can be very insightful and entertaining, but that was shunned by the head coach. Like guys were cognizant. I don't give many headlines. Don't give many headlines. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the case around the league, but with Sutter especially. He hated guys who were chummy with the media or were offering up stuff to the media or certainly insights into the media that, that he didn't want out there. So I think it'll be a whole lot better with an open coach like Huska in charge. Yeah, there's a big difference between uh, looking for a story and looking for like a gotcha quote. And, we're, and definitely, I, I know you don't look for that. We don't look for that in general. You just want, you want players to be candid and honest. And it doesn't have to be like a headline every day. You just want honesty and, and players just to be upfront of how their feelings are. Because, again, as long as you're covering the team fairly and it's not tabloid, you're not following to the nightclub or whatever, I think there should be a, a mutual respect between the media and the fans. And I know uh, media and the players. And I know a lot of the fans, they gravitate towards the players who they cheer for them. And sometimes uh, the media is a bit of the enemy. But yep. the reason why the media is around is because fans want to know more about the players. Yeah. That's what their job is. And when we report things that they don't want to hear, the fans want, don't want to hear, they take it out on the media. Right. And that's fair. That's fine. We're That's part of the game. We're, we're human punching bags. Yeah. I get that. But it's like any, I tell people all the time, it's like any business in the world. It's all about relationships. Yeah. You know, like with some players, I on my in my case, I have great relationships with, I have their cell phones. I can text them anytime. I can get some inside stuff. If you if you're a guy in there who's just looking for the gotcha quote, you're not building relationships. You're right. hurting all of them. So everyone, yeah. you know, yeah, you got to write tough things for sure. But um, these guys are and they understand as long as it's fair, and they understand. I, well, I hope so. I mean, some yeah. guys, even the ones, even things that are fair, they don't want to read them. Right. It hurts them. Yeah. You know, and it, there are some guys in that room, and I don't, I don't really want to get into names, but maybe one day, you know, when you write a tell-all book. Yeah, there's, you know, there there are one or two. Well, there's one guy in particular in the room that I can tell you that like, he's, he's like, he's anti-media. He, he, he hates the media. Mm-hmm. He, he, he goes in almost aggressively not liking the media. And any media guy who covers the team listening to me right now knows exactly who I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And maybe the fans do too, based on this guy's responses. Anyway, don't make that part of your... Uh, Stump Francis trivia. Who's okay. the guy? But I'm right. just saying there is one guy right who yeah. there's there's one guy in particular who really needs an attitude change mm-hmm. in a big big way. And I hope they talk to him about it. And if he doesn't, that's okay. It'll be to his detriment. Mm-hmm. Fascinating stuff. Uh, what also is going to be fascinating to see how many listeners are going to stump the franchise straight ahead. Uh, Eric Francis has been covering the Flames for a couple years at least. Um, nine sixty nine sixty name and location. If you stump the franchise with your Flames trivia question and he gets it wrong, 
Your name's in the draw to win a pair of tickets to the Badlands Music Festival tonight and tomorrow. Those are pretty sought-after tickets. We're stumping the franchise next. Name and location on the text line, 960-960. Uh, we'll do that next. It's the big show, Russick and Rose with Eric Francis. Sports at 960, the fan. You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. The Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Got about 18 minutes to go in the week. It's been a fun week with Eric Francis, Maddie in Italy. He's back next week, late next week. Oh, so am I coming next week? You want to? You can. Monday, yeah, I, Tuesday, I enjoy Wednesday. it. I like this. You want to? I love it. You can come in Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday if you want. Oh, well, let me check if I'm in town. Okay. <laughs> Actually, for now I'm thinking. I think I'm going up to the cottage. <laughs> but but well, you and I will touch me. Okay. Anyway, the point is, thank you. Again. Thanks for having me, buddy, because I love this. Yeah, I, a lot uh, of fun. I always enjoyed doing morning radio in my past life. and uh, But this is even more fun because it's sports. Yeah. Jack of M was just playing the hits. Yeah. We Being zany in the morning. Oh, wow. music. The tomfoolery, yeah, was just zany. Um, you have uh, you have a very distinguished career covering the Calgary Flames, <laughs> and uh, it's I'm, I'm assuming the amount of years you've covered the team, it kind of all just blends into one gigantic season for you in your mind. It kind of does. That's why this will be interesting this trivia because, again, I always marvel at like Pat Steinberg. Someone will say something about a draft pick. Will go, oh. Well, that that's not the worst draft pick. The worst draft pick is Rico Fada in two thousand and one when he went sixth overall. Blah blah blah, and and you can check it and it's it's bang on. Yeah, I can't do that. Mm. I remember Rico Fada. I remember conversations with Rico Fada. Yeah, but I don't remember what year that was, who right. his teammates were, mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff. So this will be this will be a humbling, humbling a humbling experience. test. Um, we've been asking you on the 916-960 text line to stump the franchise. And if you do, you ask a Flames trivia question, he gets it wrong. Your name is in the draw to win a pair of tickets to the Badlands Music Festival for tonight and tomorrow. The most sought-after tickets of the Badlands Music Festival tonight and tomorrow by when we play Stumping the Franchise. Cam, do we have a, do we have a music bed we can do for this too? <laughs> well done. You know, the production on this show. Oh, that's one thing I definitely noticed. None. I meant to say that. Yeah. I mean, Cam and the boys have really... Really stepped up their game. Yeah. It's like Hollywood Square. It is. Who's in the... There's a Joan Rivers in the center square? And then it was Whoopi Goldberg? For the block. Yeah. <laughs> Hollywood Squares. I totally get what you said there. And my eyes lit up right away when you said that. And I'm not that old. Um, all right. Uh, we're stumping the franchise right now. Your chance to win a uh, pair of tickets to the Badlands Music Festival. Our intern, Callum, is in. He's been working diligently with our Sportsnet 960, the fan text-reading robot, texting McTexterson, who, by the way, Eric, as you well noticed, probably the most popular personality on the radio station now. Oh, yeah. Hey, as I've been hosting this week, and, you know, you're out in the public uh, with, the, with the stampede. Yep. You know, people constantly coming up to me, and their first comment is, tell us more about texting McTexterson. What's he like? Yeah, what's he like? Yeah. Is, it, is there ego there? Mm-hmm. He just seems pretty... Even keeled. That's yep. the one thing they say all the time. Yep. He's uh, he's lubed up and ready to go to read some of your uh, text messages. Uh, what do we got, Callum from Texty? Drew Allen in Deerfoot Meadows. The Flames have a cool NHL record in the most shorties in a game. Who scored a shorthanded Hattie in that game? Oh. 
I'm going to say, I, I think it was Theo Fleury. Theo Fleury. Whoa! No! Give a ding! One for one. That's all the time we have. I'm going to retire wow. at 100%. Look at that. Yeah, Couldn't I knew stop that the franchise. Okay. Oh, I feel good now. Again, you, you, you were maybe selling yourself a little <laughs> short. Nailed that one. Speaking of short. Okay, well, yeah. Good old Theo. Oh, wow. Yeah, I know. I, I don't, I wasn't, I don't remember if I was at that game, but I, I was pretty confident that was the one. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Uh, so far, who was that? Sorry, Callum. That was Drew Allen in Deerfoot Meadows. Sorry, Drew. No tickets for you. Uh, the franchise, you couldn't Sorry, stop buddy. the franchise. I didn't see that coming. All right, let's do another question. Dustin in Langdon. Which Flames goalie has three assists in one game? Ooh, Dustin. Which Flames goalie has three assists in one These game? These are good. These are good. Uh, I, I, uh, I'm, I'm, I feel like it's a more of a modern day thing. And, and Mike Smith is the obvious mm. guy to go with, I would say. But I, there's a part of me that thinks it's Vernie. I, 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 I'll go Mike Smith. Jeff Reese. Jeff Reese is that is that even right? Did we we fact checked it right, Patrick? I don't know. Did we? I did. Okay. It's Jeff Reese. Wow, yes, sir. that's a Jeff good one. Reese. Good uh, one. Dustin and Langdon. Is that what it is? Yeah, Dustin and Langdon. All right, Dustin good and Langdon. Question. Great question. You stumped mm-hmm. the franchise. You have mm-hmm. your chance to win a pair of tickets to the Badlands Music Festival when we do our draw at the end of the show. All right, let's do another one as we're playing stump the franchise on the big show. Greg in Calgary. My dad took me to the very first ever Calgary Flames game at the Stampede Corral on October 9th, 1980. Who did they play and what was the score? Whoa. Oh, I, I, I think, I, you know what? I'm going to say it was 8-5. And I'm oh. going and, and, and I, or 8-6. Like, it Which was high scoring. It? Yeah. I'll go 8-5. And God, I want to say it was Edmonton, but I... I, I don't think it was. Uh, but but for uh, don't help him. I'm not helping. That was it. Okay. Mm, if I had more time, I'd give you a better answer. But I'll say it was eight five, and I'll say they played against Quebec. Quebec Nordics five to five tie. Five all tie. Oh, I had one of them. I had one five right, and He's I got Nordiques. Oh. Not the team. Not, not the score. No, He's in the score. Right. That's good. They oh Quebec. Who was that? Sorry, uh, Callum. That was Paul and Chestermere. Paul and Chestermere. All right, you're in. I'm proud I got Quebec right. You stumped the franchise. We're playing um, stump the franchise on the big show with Russick and Rose. No Rose. Eric Francis. Uh, we've been taking your text messages all day. Your chance to win a pair of tickets to the Badlands Music Festival. How many of you gotten these right, Patrick? Have you? Did you know? Well, that I, one? J- I just got in on the uh, the Nordique one, and that was the one I, I knew. I, I didn't know about five Jeff five Reese. against the Nordiques. I knew it was five five against the Nordique. Okay, you were close. Yeah. You said eight five. Yeah, it was bro, a high I'm scoring not, game. I'm okay. I'm okay with this. Like that. That was a solid B plus on that answer. And I wasn't here. Like that was a lot of years before I was here. Yeah. I've been around a while, but not that long. Not, not, not I, that I was long. Still Eleven years out. Uh, not that long. All right, uh, let's continue to uh, stump the franchise. Let's do it. And sorry, the last one was Greg in Calgary. This one is Paul in Chestermere. Oh, Greg in Calgary. Okay, all right. Greg in Calgary. All right. Paul in Chestermere. How many Canadian players and coaches were part of the Cup-winning team? Oh my oh. God! <laughs> again, can we hear that question again for Eric Francis? Paul and Chestermere, how many Canadian players and coaches were part of the cup-winning team? What's the number? 
Eric Brandon. I'm, try- I'm doing it the process of elimination. I like that. Like how many guys, you know, Russians, Americans, Joey Mullen. Oh, man. I, the, the quite, When you throw coaches in there, that's... It's tough. That's ridiculous. But I'll just throw out a big number, like 15. 21. Oh, wow. There's 18 players that were Canadian. 18. Yeah. So you got uh, Yuri Herdina, Czech... Hakan Lube, Joe Swede, Mullen's American. Joe Mullen, Joel Otto are American. Same with Paul Reinheim and Gary Suter. So, there you go. so it's Sergey Priyakin, obviously from uh, the USSR. So I said fifteen. Like you know, in my mind, I was thinking five guys that weren't Canadian. Anyway, who are even the assistants on the '89 team? Like, oh God, I like you know Terry Chris, but that's like, not an official just, question. Like who are trying to get in on a draw? No. Yeah, yeah, but you weren't you weren't covering the it team. It was then. Terry Crisp. Yeah, I wasn't here. Yeah, I've written a million times about those teams, but as I said to Huska, nobody pays attention to the assistant coaches, right? You know, outside the organization, nobody pays attention. So, yeah, I don't even know who the assistants were that year. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, uh, so far, um, Paul and Chestermere, Dustin and Langdon, and Greg in Calgary all have a chance to win a pair of tickets to the Badlands Music Festival. All three of them have stumped. The franchise so far, we're playing it on the big show with Russick and Rose for the pair of tickets to the Badlands Music Festival. I think we'll do about three more questions. What do you think? Yep, I like it. All right, let's go. Let's fire it up there, Callum. Lino from Calgary. Which two Flames who didn't play enough games on the 89 team don't have their names engraved on the cup, but got rings? Wow. That's a great question. Don't have... They got rings, but... Sorry, say it again. Yeah, they got rings, but their names are not engraved on the Stanley okay. Cup. I'm definitely going to say Perry Bears then. And, uh, and he left just before they won a cup. And I've been in, in rooms with Perry a million times where people just assume he won a cup. And they talk about the cup. Yep. And Perry just kind of quietly. Oh. You know, like. <laughs> yeah. And Perry's one of my favorite people in this city, in this yeah. game. Um, and, and, he, and he'll often say, yeah, yeah, I wasn't on the team. He asked for a trade that year, mm. and they 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 made good on. So I don't even know if he they gave him an honorary ring because they all loved him, or if he was. I don't think I don't know if they traded him before that season or during that season. I'm going to say Perry Barazan, and I'd have no. I'll say Paul Cruz is the other guy, but that's just a total wild guess. Ken Sabarin and Sergi Priyakin. Priyakin. Sergey Priyakin. Okay. Uh, oh, and the coaches were uh, Doug Risebrow and Tom Watt. Those were the assistants. Oh, okay. uh, maybe should have known that. Uh, Lino in Calgary, congratulations. You've stumped the uh, the franchise. You're in the draw for the pair of tickets to the Badlands uh, And music my apologies festival. to Cruiser because I know he's probably got a ring and he's probably, I don't know, he's, he's probably on the cover. Uh, yeah. Go through the names that have stumped him. I'm just going to put them in a random uh, order. Yeah, so far it's Paul and Chestamere. Paul. Uh, Dustin and Langdon. Okay. Greg and Calgary. Okay. And Lino in Calgary. Greg or Craig? Greg. Greg and Lino. I yeah. got the first one. You did. You I'm get the so first proud. one, and then four. Yeah. You're old for your last four. Yeah, whatever, whatever. Yeah. But again, these are tough. <laughs> I know they. And are. a lot of these are like when you haven't covered the team. Callum's been exceptionally tough on you on these questions and texting McTexas. All those and, ones I got wrong are, are when I didn't cover the team. That's right. The yeah. one where you did cover the team, including Reese. You got yeah. it right. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, but I'm not making excuses. Yeah. Is, go ahead. Next. All right, let's do it. Dale Harvest Hills. Everybody knows Mike Vernon is the all-time leading point-getter for goalies on the Flames with 34 points. Which goalie is number two? Mm. Uh, I'm going Mike Smith. Just even, even though he only played here a little while, he was so 
He's the best puck handling goaltender of his era. Better than Marty Brodeur? I will say that. Really? But I, I watch Smith a lot more than I watch Brodeur. Mm-hmm. And Brodeur, I know, is credited as being great. And I think Belfour was great, too. Yep. But I'm... Uh, Patrick Waugh thought he was great handling the yeah, puck. Yeah. What I saw from Smitty... And I know there were gaffes, and everyone remembers those. But uh, I'm going to say Mike Smith. Reggie Lemelin with 15 points. Wow. Where's Smitty? I want to know where Smitty eight. He's eight. He had five assists. That's it? Kipper had 10. Turk had 10. Kidd had nine. Pat Riggin had six. Markstrom's got five. And Jeff Reese and Mike Smith also have five. Dumb stat. Okay. Uh, Dale in Harvest Hills, congratulations. (laughs) You've also stumped the franchise. Good question. Good question. Yeah, good question. Uh, Your name is uh, in for the draw for the Badlands uh, Music Festival. What was that name? Sorry. Uh, uh, Dale in Harvest Hills. Dale in Harvest Hills. Yeah. How many you got more, Callum, for us? The last one here. Okay, let's do it. Shaman in Calgary, who assisted Jacob Pelletier's first career's goal. Oh, you were there. You watched it. Jonathan Huberto. We got we got to do uh, both assists here. Oh, there's two oh, assists. Oh, both assists? Tough one. <laughs> oh, Who's that aligned with? Or who's the D-man on that long hair? Who knows? Who knows? knows? Okay, I'm trying to remember the goal. I was there. I watched his family lose their mind because they were there when it happened, and I believe it was in Buffalo. And it was Huberto, and I was... Ah, I know this. I remember it. You remember? I, I found it. I know who it is, though. Yeah, it was. Yeah, ah, yeah. Okay. I, I remember watching this game. I almost went to it because I was back home when this game was on. Yeah. I'll say 217 we, of the second period. Yeah. And, and, and you know what the funny thing is? I was racing back up from doing the intermission hit yeah. on the TV. And so I didn't actually see the goal go in. But because I had just come up from the top of the elevator and I heard this, the, a cheer, not a roar, because, <laughs> you know, kind of more booze. But I was right like two rows away from the family. And wow. I saw oh, wow. So then I, I saw him, and I think his mom was crying, and, <laughs> and it was all cool and everything. And then I looked up at the monitor to watch it again. Anyway, uh, I'll, I'm going to say Uyghur, but it's just a dumb guess. I should Answer, say. Answer, Huberdeau and Kadri. Ah, I didn't get the Kadri yeah, part. Now they say it. And uh, what was the name of that person? That was Timon in Calgary. Timon in Calgary. All right. Those are lists. That's our list. Thiemann in Calgary, Lino in Calgary, Dale in Harvest Hills, Greg in Calgary, Dustin in Langdon, and Paul in Chestermere. You've all been thrown into the draw. Patrick, mm-hmm. uh, why don't you randomize those names for us, and uh, we'll pick a winner uh, for the two tickets to the Badlands Music Festival. If you're listening and want your chance to an amazing music experiences, Rogers has you covered. Rogers Moments is giving a lucky fan the chance to win a VIP trip to any concert of their choice. In Canada, sounds like something you'd want to win. We'll head to rogersfanzone.com slash music for your chance to win this awesome experience. Uh, there you go. The Badlands Music Festival tonight and tomorrow. Uh, they stumped the franchise. A lot of those were tough, and I credit our yeah. listeners because there's there's such the goalie questions are tough on the text with line. The assists. I'll, I'll, yeah. be, I'll be honest. I, I'm excited I got Quebec. Uh, yep. I, I'm excited that I got Huberto. But then you guys say, oh, you got to have the sec. Like, I'm surprised you didn't say who else was on the ice. Who else got a plus? Uh, you know. And then and then the, the number of Canadians on the, on a roster when they won the cup. That's tough. Like, that's tough when you include the coaches. Yeah. I wouldn't have got it anyway, but to throw the coaches in there, yep. that's that's savage. <laughs> and uh, and then the one I got right at the beginning with Theo Fleury's three short goals. Yeah. 
That was good. Uh, there was a Scott from Calgary. There was a muffin franchise in the late 80s and early 90s. Can you name it? Remember the, the oh, muffin franchise? Muffins. Muffins. Marvelous Muffins. Yes. No, there was three M's. Yeah. yeah. Muffins. Muffins. Marvelous yeah. Muffins. Marvelous Muffins. I is love Marvelous Muffins not There's, Muffins? It is. Same oh, thing. there were two. They were, they were the same thing. They were called Marvelous Muffins, but then they were, their branding was Muffins. I remember the one at North Hill Mall. Oh. Where yeah. I, Someone was getting I think on there's me. still one out in in Ontario somewhere. I believe they still exist out in Ontario. Really? I've yes. never seen one myself. I'm, I will I'm I've done I've searched this before. It should be called mm, cakes. <laughs> We're not getting into that again. But somebody no. and again, I don't read the no, comments very often. No, it's but yep. somebody uh, asked me the other day straight up, "Hey, what why do you think a muffin is a cake?" Well, <laughs> Based on we talked about it. Yeah, of course. And I'm like, I I can't believe I'm actually going to take the time to respond I never respond on Twitter ever. Yeah, never will. But for some reason, that was like the one of the only times I ever have because you were fired because it was irking you. I needed to set the record straight. Yeah, that's what I love about your hits when you join us uh, <laughs> during the season. Is nobody remembers what you say about the Flames? It's what's really <laughs> irking you. Everybody's like, yeah, Eric Lindholm's not staying. Whatever, Hannafin wants to get traded. But anyway, dropping your kids off at school and getting out of the car—that really grinds my gears. I told you about the guy who. That morning, I had ripped into people who can't figure out the highly complex seating system <laughs> in an airplane. Yes. Like, you got your ABC. Yeah. And then you got your DEF. Yeah. And it's amazing to me how many times someone comes down the aisle, and they're like, uh, you're in my seat. Uh, no, I'm not. Yeah, you are. No, I'm not. And they're both, like, both dug in on this. Right. And then they, the, the, the flight attendants to come and pull out their... Oh, no, this is D. See, we go D, E, F in order. Yep. You're in F. and Anyway, I just irked, that, irked me that morning. Two hours later, I'm on a flight, and I walk by some guy, and he looks up, and he goes, Hey, I hope I hope I'm in the right seat. <laughs> I don't want to be that guy that you were talking about this morning. <laughs> God, I laughed. That was so funny. That's what everybody uh, remembers. Um, do we got a winner? Yeah, uh, Paul. Congratulations, Paul and Chestermere. You've won two tickets. <laughs> Applauso. Thank you. What was uh, his just- question? Uh, I don't know. Okay. I, I, was, I was writing a lot of things down, oh, trying okay. to keep track of what's going on, and the people got it right. <laughs> a lot of my play here, Patrick. Yeah, um, congratulations to Paul and Chestermere. You've won two, two tickets to the Badlands Music Festival. Um, terrific week. Thanks for jumping in with us. Thanks for having me. He might come next week. He doesn't know. If I'm in town, I'll come. Sure. Yeah, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, if you want. The door's open. Because it's do just it Patrick and I right now. I can't do it from the lake, right? If you want to. Do I still have to buy the Timbits? Like, even mm. if I'm not here? Do I? Possibly. We'll figure that out. I don't think so. But you can come in if you I want. I might irk me. Yeah, you can come in if you want, because <laughs> Maddie's back Friday. So you can come in. You can definitely come in Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday if you want. Okay. let's. We'll talk about it. All right. We'll talk All about right. it. A terrific week. Thanks for this, uh, Patrick's Thanks, Bang buddy. Up Jobs. What do you got coming up in Mucho Big Show? Uh, let's talk with Jamie Nye, host of the Green Zone on uh, 980 and 650 out in Regina and Saskatoon. He also mm. is writing for CFL.ca. We're going to uh, preview the Riders. And talk about the Elks. Uh, 20 games now. Yeah. That's amazing. Can't games. win a home game. It's now to the point where I might start watching the CFL yeah. again. You know, I watch stamp games, but other than that, I might tune in just to watch the misery continue. Yep. This could be good for the league. People say it's terrible <laughs> for the league. Yeah. I say it might be good for the league because people might actually want to watch the this once proud franchise yeah. continue to just drive itself into the yeah. ground. Be the worst far and away in the and league. might I say, it couldn't happen to a nicer guy like Chris Jones. Oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Yeah, I can I tell you some stories. I don't okay. know much longer. He's all right. Be uh, awesome. Awesome stuff. Uh, all right. Uh, Mucho Big Show next. Have a great weekend. Bye.
Sit, Ubu, sit. Good dog. 